Do you think about death? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to give you a minute to think about it, but uh, okay. <laughs> or do you push those thoughts away and hope you'll be better prepared to deal with it in the future? Oh, uh, yeah. Wait. Yes. Also, yes. Yes. C. All of the above. Wait. A, B. Yeah, that's it. C. Mm-hmm. Well, either way, we're here for you. We're kind of obsessed with death. Not in a creepy way. Just like, uh, that's gonna happen. So, maybe if we get that sh- out in the open and talk about it, we'll feel better about things. Oof. And maybe you will too. Feeling better? Is that a thing that happens <laughs> in the world? For some people, not for us. I've heard of it. Well... Let's start things off by looking at the classic depiction of death you all know and love. The personification of death, Mr. Death. Ooh, is he single? (laughs) I think so. (laughs) Or Mrs. Death, depending on where you hail from. Um, And I believe she is single as well, depending on, you know. What you want? Death Party Podcast at Gmail. So there's the ancient Greek mythological figure of the ferryman, Charon. There's a little debate on how to pronounce his name, but I'm going with that definition. Nope, that pronunciation. (laughs) Charon helps the dead cross the labyrinthine underworld waters and enter the realm of Hades, the underworld. So Charon comes up a lot as a literary and iconographic motif and is even found in western christian literature which is kind of weird and arts um because i kind of thought that they were like hey that's some pagan ass shit, uh, and we don't want none of it but apparently right there's a depiction of charon in the sistine chapel yeah because they couldn't get rid of stuff like that it was so pervasive that they had to be like okay check it if you just come over to our side we'll let you keep this and this and this and then they would sort of twist it around so a lot of things became like Christian symbols, mm, but they were like originally s- pagan symbols. Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Christmas Easter trees. Bunny. Well, probably not Santa Claus, but Christmas trees were pagan. Right. Yes. Okay, so that's Charon. I think I remember seeing some really awesome cholera era when cholera was a thing, art of Charon Ooh. kind of ferrying the bodies across. Spooky. Yeah. Across the water into Hades and like... You know, anytime there's a huge pandemic, your personifications <laughs> of death kind of tend to go through a little How bit. How timely. Yeah, they come back. So there was also, in ancient Greece, there was this poet named Hesiod, who the article that I read said that he flourished around 700 BC, so I kind of picture him, like, growing into a beautiful flower and just oh, opening his petals nice. to the... Yeah. I like that depiction of, is he death or is he the ferryman or what is his deal? No, so the poet, he just wrote, you know, about... Oh, he's just a poet. Yeah, mythological stuff. So around 700 BC, he wrote that Chaos, who's a Greek god, begat Nyx, who in turn begat sleep, death, the fates, nemesis, and old age. So these are basically like the hierarchy of Mm. Greek gods. Nyx was the female personification of night. So I'm already like, all right, yeah. 
badass lady <laughs> getting her due in Greek mythology. Pretty good. And Zeus was afraid of her. Ha <laughs> ha. Which is like, okay, either she's a force to be reckoned with or Zeus is, you know. A pansy. Kind of afraid of the dark a little bit. Literally. I mean, it's valid. There's a lot of stuff in the dark. Do you know how many of these were women? Was it just the one? I think that one was Nyx because she was like the mom hmm. figure. The night I, mom? Yeah, I didn't. Honestly, I didn't research like okay. death. Just uh, curious. Sorry. I did research death. That's why we're doing this. I didn't research um, the fates or nemesis. Okay. Okay. So Nyx had one of the sons was Thanatos, who was a personification of death. And he appeared to humans to carry them to the netherworld. So, yeah, he basically was like, yo, you're coming with me. Time's up. That's what the fates said. <laughs> yeah. Literally, that's the fates told me. Yeah. So, that's a dude. Then, there was Thanatos, who had a twin brother, Hypnos, who represented sleep. The idea is not uncommon among religions to have sleep and death kind of be intertwined mm. uh, the orthodox Jews have a prayer that they say on arising from sleep in the morning they thank God for having restored them to life again oh so it's like little tiny deaths like all the time yeah and then you're like hey God thanks a lot for waking me up you're the best <laughs> I'm an orthodox Jew what okay. yeah so basically there's psychopomps in so many cultures a psychopomp being the spirit guide of the dead to the underworld and they're represented in like pretty much every kind of animal form that you can think of so psychopomps can be bird human hybrids they can be bird snake hybrids they can be bulls they can be dolphins it's kind of any yeah just about any animal you can think of i did not find a koala psychopomp (laughs) i'd be very interested because you know those little are like adorable but also kind of vicious that would be way less threatening right but as we will see you can just make up your own death personification and like if koala makes you feel good i say go with it i love that idea yeah i never really thought about it but i've just bought into other people's representations of death which are usually really messed up and yeah then i have all this anxiety around death and it's like what if i had never gone down that road in the first place and i just Got to pick my own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So much better. No, don't do it. Down the society. There's also a deathly figure in Britain myth called Anku. And this is one that came before the Grim Reaper that we know today. He is usually portrayed as being a tall, some would say slender man. <gasps> no. Uh, wearing an undertaker's suit. And he drives a cart which is drawn by skeletal horses across the countryside to gather the souls of the sick and dying. Yeah, sound familiar? Is that... Wait, I'm so confused now. Mm Mm-hmm. Is that the guy that I was going to bring up, or is that a different guy? Well, he goes by a different name, so I think this might be, like, the English version. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. yours is the... Okay. Yeah. So he makes his spooky rounds by moonlight, and at dawn delivers his creepy cargo to the king of the underworld. (laughs) I thought this one was pretty badass. So, what era was he from? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Ye olden times. 
the reason I ask is because I was just uh, bringing it back around to ghosts mm-hmm. <laughs> immediately. Um, I was reading all these stories about people that have seen this, like, shadow man, um, and he he pops up all over the place, but he is super tall, and he's wearing this really wide-brimmed hat. Like, I don't even know what it would be called. Wider than a fedora. Mm. But people know him by this hat and see him all over the place, and so maybe it's that guy. That dude. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it's his twin brother from another demon mother. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He, yeah, so I thought this one was kind of fun because I I was getting like a carpool road trip vibe. Like he just stacks a bunch of bodies (laughs) into his cart and then you're like, oh, cool, we're all going together. It's like one of those rideshare services where the souls don't want to pay full price. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to save a couple of bucks. Mm -hmm. Just hop on into this spooky hay ride. We're all friends here. <laughs> uh, your leg is touching my leg. Do you mind? Just... <laughs> Didn't Actually, want to sit in the middle. But no fighting over the window seat because it's an open cart, you know? Oh, there you go. Everybody gets a window. You may not know where you're going when you get there, but on the plus side, there's a bunch of other dead people that also don't know. So, yeah. Not a selling point. I'm realizing <laughs> after I say it. <laughs> Just you're all together in your unknowingness. And they say we all die alone. Not if you're crammed into the backseat of a cart with a bunch of other dead souls. Yeah. You can take comfort in that. So, oh, and then there was this other interesting part of this myth is that there's no consensus on Anku's identity. Um, <laughs> yeah. Apparently, there's some of the legends around him maintain that he is death. You know, like, that's it. Death. Done. That's who he is. And then there's some other beliefs that his role is adopted by the last person to die at the end of the previous year. Oh. Which is, like, basically, you know, it's New Year's Eve. You're there to party. You're having yourself a time. And then all of a sudden, you're just, like, dead. Hmm. You partied to death. And now guess what? You have to spend the next year picking up dead souls and dragging them around. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's definitely a raw deal. Like, you just spend the last year, a few minutes of your life partying, and then it's like, guess what? Now you get hard labor, because you got to pick up those souls. Right. Unless you don't mind driving. I mean, I kind of just oh, space out when I drive, so I traffic. don't really mind. Death traffic. Death traffic. Just like honk honk, make way. You think? You think it's all backed up? Because I've know. heard that they travel super fast, which would suggest oh. that the roads are not congested at that hour. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on if they're going over terrain or if mm. they're just kind of floating off road. The haunted way. Right. Fly the haunted skies. I mean, hopefully, that's the least they could do is get you a cart that can go off road. So this sounded like the. Um, what was it? Like the pumpkin dude? Where we? Yeah, yeah. The um, The Doolahan. So, yeah, I watched this movie when I was little called Darby O'Gill and the Little People, and it was all about Irish folklore, and there's a banshee in it, which I thought was yes. just the absolute coolest. Yes. Um, Hippie ladies. Right? 
So, except it came out in 1959. So anybody out there that's thinking like, oh, this sounds interesting. I want to watch this movie. Like, take it with a grain of salt because mm-hmm. it's old. So it might not hold up. I haven't seen it since I was little. And I just have this really vivid memory of it. So if it's bad, yeah, you can send me hate mail later. Um, <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> just rethink your life if you really want to do that. And like why that's important to you. Just saying. Priorities. There's- People. We're all going to die. Just <laughs> spend your life doing something that you love and not something that fills you with rage. That's my advice. <laughs> but anyway. What if everything fills you with rage? Um, see a therapist, you know? Mm. Okay. So, fun fact. Sean Connery starred in this movie that I bet like 99% of our listeners have never heard of. Um, I may sound like I'm 12, but I'm actually old as dirt. And so this movie, yeah. You are not. It was around when I was little, and I loved it. But so starring in this movie, Darby O'Gill and the Little People, is how Connery got discovered and what led to him being picked as Bond for all of the 007 movies. So it's all full up of cool Irish creatures and lore, and it's about this guy that tries to trick the leprechauns, and then... Um, hijinks ensue and so spoiler alert if you're gonna watch this movie I'm about to give it all away so there's that um but a death coach shows up this guy is like slated to die and it's driven by what was called a doolahan which at the time I didn't know when I was a kid but that's who the headless horseman from Sleepy Hollow is he is a doolahan Wikipedia says that the Doolahan is depicted as a headless rider, usually on a black horse, who carries their own head in their arm. Yeah. Oh, like you... I would want a purse at least, just hands free. <laughs> I mean, you could just fit so much more in a head, though. Yeah, it's true. Oh, you can hollow it out, fill it with candy, have your own little pinata head. And then every time you need something, its mouth just opens like, ah. All the Tootsie Rolls come out. Mm -hmm. Sorry, we're not sponsored by Tootsie Roll. And they're actually, they're not my favorite, but. Worst Halloween candy. No, second worst. Those weird orange and black ones, those are the worst Halloween candy. Candy corn? Um, No, those ones in the, like, weird wax paper wrapper that seem, like, kind of hard. Like, they're probably still left over from the 1920s. Orange and brown? Maybe. What is it? It sounds like taffy. Yeah, they're kind of like a taffy, maybe like peanut butter flavored taffy. Ew. Did you never get these? That does not sound familiar. Ugh, there was something wrong with the town I grew up in. <laughs> I would get a ton of them, and they were gross, and I would save them for last. Okay. Usually, the Doolahan is male, but there are some female versions. Occasionally, oh. get the scraps. Yeah. Um, oh. Spooky <laughs> ladies. I mean, at least they're being represented. That's all we can ask. That's true. In 1959. Right, right, right. I think, well, this was even pre, this was like old school Ireland. Oh, you're talking about the folklore. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's where the Doolahan originally came from. Okay. But even before that, he was said to be the embodiment of an old Celtic sacrificial god of fertility who had just a ton of different names, and I can't remember or pronounce any of them. Fair. And he sort of changed along the way when different people or religions came to the area. But the name that stood out to me that I can actually pronounce and remember is the Dark Crooked One. Oh. Yeah, which was really catchy, if you ask me. Yeah, that's freaky. So, the dark crooked one had a lot to do with the ancient Celts who would cut off their enemies' heads and put them on spikes. 
And the story goes that the heads would scream when more enemies were approaching oh. and warn the Celts. What? Like a modern day burglar alarm. So they were enemy heads. Right. But after death, they became like friendly <laughs> burglar alarm. I guess. Heads. How does that happen? Man, I would be so pissed. I would come back and I'd be like, hell no. I'd be like, come over here. Hey, there's a weakness in the sewer. You can just <laughs> go down into that pipe and then you can get up and you can slay all those motherfuckers because. Right, right. I mean, you would think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, I already don't believe this. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's just say we're fully willing to accept that they had some magic juju going on that sure. allowed severed heads to let out blood curdling screams in the night when enemies came upon them. Mm hmm. Maybe, though, maybe it was the enemies who came upon a severed head of, like, their old BFF on a spike outside the village, Aww. and then they would scream. Just saying. Right. I, mean, I could see it either way. Yeah. What a bummer. But, yeah. But how cool to live in an age where you can put someone's head on a spike and then later hear a scream and think to yourself, oh, my God, the head is screaming to protect me. I just feel like there's no romance anymore. <laughs> True. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I guess our perceptions of heads on sticks have definitely changed over the years. <laughs> it just seems like a magical time to be alive. Yeah, I mean, or dead. Yeah, unless you're not, if you're the head on the spike in this equation, not so much. Mm-hmm. But, okay, so this dark, crooked mofo, by the time this guy evolves into our Sleepy Hollow version of the Doolahan, he has a jack-o'-lantern for a head. Yes. Which is great, because the old-timey version is super nasty. The Irish Doolahan is described as having a mouth and a hideous grin that touches both sides of its head. Talk about nightmare fuel. Aww. Its eyes constantly move about, and it can hold its severed head aloft to see inside of people's homes, to spot which souls it wants to take even on the darkest of nights. That's something I don't do often enough is hold, hold a thing aloft. Your head? Uh, just anything. Oh. Like, holding my purse <laughs> that has my head in it aloft, maybe. I don't know. Your head purse? Let's bring it back. Let's do it. Ooh, yeah. I should be doing, like, a creepy voice for this part. Oh, do the creepy The flesh of the head is said to have the color and consistency of moldy cheese. Ew! <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> you could have left that out. It's so gross. gross. <laughs> Um, he's believed to use the spine out of a human corpse for a whip. Oh, yeah. And his wagon is adorned with funeral objects. That's badass. Right? I love it. So, instead of headlights, he has skulls, human skulls, with candles in them to light his way. And the wheel spokes of his cart are made from human thigh bones. Ooh. So metal. They're big. Yeah. You don't want, like, tiny little pinky bones. Right. No. There'd just be so many. Just, like, a hundred tiny little wheels. <laughs> <laughs> Pinky bones? Yeah. No, not super effective. Uh, I really like the spine. Whip. Yeah, right? Like, Halloween costume for this year? Well, do the hand. logistically, it's hard to get a human spine. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I mean, ever since eBay had those restrictive policies, <laughs> a little trickier. Um, Got my sources. But for some reason, I'm picturing, I guess because of the length of it, a cane. That's a human spine. Oh. You know, like, don't... I think they have those. I, they must. I mean, not like a real human spine. It's Shout cast. out to our sponsor, humanspinecane.com. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> fulfilling all of your human spine cane needs. <laughs> That's what I'm going to hit whippersnappers with when I'm old. Oh my god, and then it leaves like a vertebra imprint. Ooh, yes like a brand oh that's dark okay that's what you're here for right some dark because we're gonna deliver with laps okay um if you thought the moldy head cheese thing was gross wait for this the wagon's covering is made from dried human skin that has been chewed by worms ew what (laughs) gross you're gonna think about that when you go to sleep tonight. Ew! The chewing part gets me the most, not the worms. Yeah, lost me at the worm chewing. Masticating onto the <sighs> dry, so it's dried. Yeah. What, what part is the chewing? I don't need to know. <laughs> is, it, is it chewed after it's dried? I just have these questions that I really don't want answers it's, to. Yeah, it's best that we don't answer those. Um, so that's the Doolahan, and when he stopped writing, a person was due to die. Sometimes, and bringing it back to that guy that you were talking about, which I can't remember or pronounce oh, his name. Oh, on um, Sometimes he would show up with not just, like, on a horse, but with a whole death coach with a team of horses to carry the newly departed soul away to the afterlife. That's how they did that shit in Darby O'Gill, and I was, like, glued to the screen when the death coach showed up. Mm-hmm. But also mm. hiding behind the couch across the room, because it was so scary. And that's when you were like, I, I might be weird. Yeah, I might be obsessed with death. It's super strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all have those moments. Right. Um, so, anyone listening that can handle the pacing of old movies or is into Irish folklore or weird death stuff or a young Sean Connery singing an Irish ballad, maybe, this one's for you. Coming for Sean Connery, staying for the death coach. <laughs> Um, people that saw this death coach coming, it meant that the Doolahan was coming for either them or one of their family members. And good luck even saying goodbyes because he was said to be so fast that his coach would set fire to the shrubbery on the sides of the road as it flew along. Ah, oh, the burning bush motif. <laughs> and no outrunning it either. Right. Well, femur bone wheels. Right. So many femurs, faster than your femurs. It must be so noisy, just like cricket, oh, crack, yeah. crack. like bone rattlingly loud. Oh. Did you say? Oh, oh. I didn't, but <laughs> no, I would not. She says, <laughs> but you did it for me. <laughs> um, people who open the door mind your own damn business to see the Doolahan would get blood splash right in their face. Ew! What a way to make an entrance. Damn! Right? I'm getting so many ideas for the next time I go out. Man, that's a look. Yeah, I'm gonna be like, death coach, check. Mm -hmm. Blood in the face, check. Spine cane, check. (laughs) It's gonna be lit. (laughs) I just need to look up human spine canes now and see if that's... Dude, get me one. Is there like a two-for-one deal? Ooh! Mm. So, um... Once the Doolahan had made its, frankly, showstopper of an entrance, it would call out the marked person's name, drawing away their soul, and the person would drop the F dead. Mm. Any of our listeners out there that want protection from the Doolahan, take comfort. It is rumored that golden objects can force the Doolahan to take a hike, you jerk. So, you know, that's why I'm currently dressed head to toe gold lame. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Forever, forever now. I can never not wear gold, because... That's creepy. Yeah. So that's him. 
That's my dude. Is that the dude that you researched? Do or does it sound like a different dude with a different death coach? Um, I think it sounds like a different dude, but the <sighs> Britons, you know, they were like neighboring Ireland. Sure, sure. Oh, and it was reportedly seen by lots of different people way, 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 way back when, oh. um, all along the coast of Scotland, which was just across the water. Mm-hmm. So, you're not safe anywhere, basically. Just give yourself up. Yep. Picture that koala death <laughs> figure and just like go along for the ride. Get in the wagon, yo. Get in the fucking wagon. At least you'll have passengers co-passengers <laughs> right share all right good reporting from the bowels of hell thank you that's <laughs> good good stuff um reporting from the bowels of hell back to you so all right now we're gonna get into this is kind of the meat of this episode because we haven't talked enough already um <laughs> now the grim reaper his whole aesthetic sort of came around in Europe during the 1300s. Now, what was happening in Europe in the 1300s? Um, they were inventing the harpsichord. That's where you're going with this, right? Hello, uh, folks, and welcome to our harpsichord podcast. I mean, I guess technically that was happening, but that's not where I was going with that. All right. Do I get a second guess? You can have, yeah. No, that's okay. You oh. go. I'm not sure we can be friends after this. <laughs> um, you know, stop me at the part where it starts to sound familiar. There was a pandemic happening, and a lot of people were affected to the point where, I don't know, I mean, there's varying statistics, but it could have been a third or a quarter of Europe's total population was just laid the f*** to waste. Ding. Just... And that pandemic at the time was... COVID. Nah. Oh, the other one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other one. The bubonic plague. Right. The Black Death, which affected people's lymph nodes, made them real gross looking. Uh, obviously, they had no idea about hygiene or not much idea about medicine back in the day that this was happening. And they were just kind of like, oh my God, death's coming for us. So, I mean, up until this point, we had, you know, some death, death figures that were just kind of going about their business, like, yo, hey, I'm death, I'm here. I mean, with the exception of the Doolahan, which was pretty creepy and spooky. Um, that was dark. That was Ireland. You know? Yeah. But the Grim Reaper was a lot spookier than the previous personifications, and he is uh, often how we think of death now. I mean, there was obviously the classic text bill and ted's bogus journey where they go to hell oh right and he's like you know they meet the reaper and they hang out with him and actually it's pretty cool i mean if i had a death personification having seen that movie when i was younger i think had a pretty big impact on like death is a <laughs> he's the straight man that allows bill and ted to be so excellent the robe that the Grim Reaper wears is thought to be reminiscent of the robes that the religious figures of the time were wearing. So the bubonic plague disproportionately affected priests because they were attending to the sick and dying, and oh. so they were catching it. So it was kind of like, oh, maybe the priests got it. I don't know. We should stay away from priests. And... The robe that the Grim Reaper is typically depicted in is black, because that's the traditional color of mourning attire. I'm sure that's shocking information for everybody. 
And then you have the scythe, which is an apt image taken from agricultural practices of the time. The scythe is a really efficient way, obviously, to harvest crops. It's better than picking them out one by one or like mm. using scissors. You. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't really know what agricultural <laughs> practices were in hand before the side, but didn't they have that little sickle thing? Yeah. Like a smaller side. Yes. But the side was like so that makes sense because if people were just dropping like flies, it was as if someone had a scythe and they were just like shearing down mm-hmm. thingies. Just thingies mass. of wheat, whatever the technical term for a thingy of I, wheat I think is. It's thingies. <laughs> um, bales? No, that's um, a bigger. Before that. <laughs> Welcome to our agricultural practices <laughs> podcast, where we talk about all things wheat harvesting. <laughs> yeah, so it was just like that imagery of here goes all of this wheat in one slash of the scythe, and here go all these humans in a short period of time. Right. Were maybe healthy yesterday or a couple days ago, and now they're literally on their deathbeds. Bummerville. <laughs> Did I say this was going to be an uplifting death positive <laughs> podcast? <laughs> it comes later. I'm promising you it's, it's going to come. Okay. So then, yeah, death figures are pretty often male, but I think we got to talk about right. some of the, yeah, the lady death figures a little. Yeah. We need some airtime for the ladies give them it's 2020 after all <laughs> god when do we get our turn so yeah irish and other celtic folklore gave us this concept of the familiar creature of the banshee which i'm sure is not a new term for anyone listening all four of our listeners <laughs> which they love <laughs> would you say that a banshee is a ghost or I guess she's sort of on the line, huh? Well, yeah. So they, banshees are seen sometimes, but they also, you might just hear their keening wail mm, right. that foretells imminent death. So, yeah. So in Scotland, they also believed in banshees there, and they have been seen at times by the side of rivers. And when they're by the side of rivers, they're typically washing blood from clothes of people that are soon doomed to die spooky so the conclusion that i drew from that story is like hey maybe it's time for me to get rid of some clothes because if she can't get my clothes she can't kill me if it doesn't bring you joy she can't wash the blood out of it in a river in the dark (laughs) um also how come there's finally a female psychopomp and all she's doing is laundry yeah i'm insulted that sucks when I was reading about the Banshee and it was described as a female screaming, I was like, oh, that's probably why they made that psychopomp a woman is because it has to be screaming. Like, it's not going to be as creepy or as shrill if they have a male screaming. And, like, <laughs> I just kind of pictured it being like, <laughs> Which doesn't, uh. <laughs> doesn't kind of give you, like, that, oh, I'm about to die kind of. <laughs> base fear they're like what does a man screaming sound like I don't even know <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a lot of toilet straining sounds <laughs> and that's the kind of quality humor you're going to expect from Death Party the podcast <laughs> highbrow real highbrow shit. 
Oh, God, I'm an infant. All right. <clears throat> a journey to the underworld under the helpful guidance of the spirits is the cornerstone of the classical shamanism of Siberia and Inner Asia. But you can look that up on your own damn time. I just thought you should know. <laughs> I didn't want to leave any. Thanks for that. Yeah. I didn't want to leave too much out. I just kind of. I mean, I'm going to be really pissed if you don't include every <laughs> psychopomp from every culture since the dawn of time. Yeah. I mean, that's what people are here for. There's so. no pressure. Really, so very, very many. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a lot. Um, this is one that I always was interested in as a kid because I think this was one of my, like, maybe I'm a weird spooky child kind of revelations but I remember reading this book of ancient Egypt and it was like a picture book is meant for kids and all I cared about was mummies I would just look at that mummy page and I'd be like oh my god what is happening and they have that little tool that they take the brain out through the oh, nose yeah. Nasty. yeah I think I probably renewed that book like five times <laughs> just <laughs> like oh, tell me everything but also I can only read at a fifth grade level so don't tell me too much in ancient Egypt, there was Hathor, who was uh, a female deity, and she entertained the sun god Ra on his nightly voyage through the underworld. Yeah. It's always at night, because that's when it's spooky. Mm. Um, she also guided souls to the court of the judge of the dead, Osiris. Probably heard of him. He's mm -hmm. kind of a big deal. Uh, Hathor was seen as the ultimate caretaker, providing food for both the living and the dead. She's like equal opportunity food giver. <laughs> um, she's associated with a sycamore tree, which the Egyptians believed was her body on earth. So, as you might expect, Egyptians made coffins out of the sycamore trees in the hope that Hathor would guide them back to the womb after death because Egyptians believe in reincarnation. Whoa. Yeah. So, let's see. Scandinavia. Norse warriors were carried off the battlefield by Odin's battle maidens. You may know them as the Valkyries. Ooh. There was a song about them and everything, like a pretty famous one. So they were carried to the everlasting feast in his mead hall, Valhalla. Whereas those who died in their beds, i.e. not fighting for country, <laughs> love of country, those who died in their beds were consigned to the dismal realm of the goddess Hel. And so the goddess hell, of course, is where we get our modern day, somewhat modern day uh, term, hell, the underworld. H-E double hockey sticks. That's the one. So that whole thing was just like war propaganda then. Like the Uncle Sam wants you, poster of ancient times, you have to get out in there and fight or else you go to hell. Yeah. That's messed up. Yeah. Well... What if I just sort of wither comfortably in bed, and then at the last minute I roll out and die on the floor? Like, does that get me out of going to hell, or do I really have to go fisticuffs with people in a field to get carried off by winged ladies when I die? I mean, did you fight something on the floor? I could have fought something on the floor. I also wonder, like, what is the definition of fierce battle? Like, what if you're just wrestling? Was that, would that count? Yeah. What if I have to get, like, tangled up in my covers and I have to wrestle super hard to get oh! out of them to fall on the floor the so that struggle. I'm not dying in bed? The struggle is real. I mean, it happens, like, every day when I wake up. I'm just looking for a loophole because this whole, like, going to war thing is not my thing. Mm-mm. But winged ladies i mean that's decent okay i know i told you that i didn't want to talk about covid because i 
fucking thing is about COVID these days. But mm. on the topic of how people throughout the ages personify death to make it less scary, have you heard of Corona Chan? No. She's the kawaii girl menace personification of COVID in Japan, apparently. What? Yes, I love her. She's a cute anime chick wearing a traditional red Chinese dress, those ones with the frog closures on the neck, Mm. and she's got little demon bat wings. Her hair is usually dark with Betty Page bangs and tied up in buns on either side of her head, but her buns are what the COVID virus looks like under a microscope, so these spiky ball things. Ah. I'll put a link to some really cute ones by various artists in the show notes um, so you guys can see what I'm talking about, but... She's probably a cuter and less threatening version of death than anything that we've had for a really long time. Except death koalas, of course. Of course. And we're down for making death cute, so. Or at least not pants-weddingly horrifying. So, hey, artists out there, writers, movie makers, you don't gotta stick with the old Black Plague death. It's our death now. Let's make it fun. Yeah. So, you know, the Grim Reaper is so 14th century. I want to see more COVID chans and pneumonia chans and, frankly, Darwin Awards chans. Because, it. While we're making death cute, let's make it funny, too. Well, we aren't done beating this subject to death yet, so stick around and dig in to part two of episode one, Jeepers Reapers. It's out now, because we're not dicks who are going to make you wait two weeks for the second half like some people. Mm, actually, we will in the future. Ha ha ha! But just this once, count yourself lucky and keep listening, because we like you and we want you at our death party. Thank you.